0: Chapter 3 Notes I was done. I was done with this little story. And then Jensen had to go and shovel some snow. I blame him. There may be another part if I get inspired. I mean, Julie's gotta actually watch the man shovel, right? A chill ran over the arm and leg Julie had exposed from under the piles of comforters. She registered having heard the swish of Dean's front door and some baritone cursing. Another breeze of cold air had her burrowing all of herself under the covers from the neck down. It might have been a good idea to make her way to the bedroom. A night on Dean's living room floor, even with all the padding, was going to wreak havoc on her body. The room was silent again. She wondered where Dean went. Was it morning already? but sleep came too quick for her to guess or care. Scrape. 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 Julie yawned, waking up to an annoying, repetitive sound. The Christmas lights were still on in Dean's living room. The tree twinkled with tinsel and shiny ornaments. Bright white shined in through the window shears. Ugh. She winced at the ache in her lower back when she sat up. One of the puffy comforters, wrapped around her body, brought with her to standing. Her hair was more than likely a bird's nest of tangles. Clothes from the previous night's heated undressing scattered on the floor. No Dean in sight. She sniffed in the aroma of coffee as it brewed. Scrape. Dean? Dean? She tossed the blanket to the side, having spotted her underwear and bra. The dressing in the middle of the living room was not meant for a show at the moment, though she wouldn't have minded if he walked in and wanted to give her another go. Dean? A shiver ran over her skin at the drop in temperature. It made her immediately realize how often Dean had to decide if that was due to the weather or something supernatural, which also made her realize she was trying to figure that out now. 2. The unease made fast work donning the rest of her clothes. Morning, Wes. Dean's greeting confirmed he was outside. There was some mumbling, not as close, by their mutual neighbor. Dean continued, Yeah, I didn't realize we were supposed to get this much. Need any help with the driveway? Snow. It had started snowing when they arrived back at Dean's house after Longwood Gardens. From the sound of Wes's reply, he thought he had it covered. All right, let me know. Scrape. Julie sat on the plaid sofa and slipped on her ankle boots as Dean stomped outside the front door. It swung open and Julie got an eyeful. Dean shivered and stomped again, this time on the mat atop the hardwood floor. He was dressed in snow boots, dark sweatpants, and a gray sweatshirt with a beanie on his head. His cheeks were red from the cold. A backdrop of fluffy stuff on his driveway highlighted the gap between bow legs. Hey there, sleeping beauty. He grinned and clicked the door shut behind him. Her mouth dried up. Hey! She squeaked out, inventorying how the soft fabric draped and clung to certain parts of his frame. She'd bet Brigida's baked ziti that he'd gone commando. Did you know we were supposed to get this much? He huffed and clamped his teeth on the fingertip of his glove before yanking it off in one easy pull. It dangled from his mouth for a second, like a chew toy. What? What the hell was he talking about? How was a woman supposed to follow any thread of conversation when he looked like that? He removed the glove from his mouth. The snow. The snow. We got like eight inches last night. He smiled like a kid who woke up to news of school being canceled because of a snow day. First big one since I moved to Delaware. I was beginning to wonder what all the fuss was about with you East Coasters and your winners. He motioned to the kitchen counter. Would you get me a cup of coffee, baby? I don't want to track this mess all over the floor. Need a hit of caffeine before I get back out there. Sure. She remembered how to put one foot in front of the other and fished out Dean's often-used mug from the cabinet. Stampede Motel was printed on the ceramic in a big western font with a silhouette of a horse riding cowboy. Do you need help? She poured the coffee and tipped it over in his direction to see if he was going black for the first go-round. He nodded in confirmation. She walked over to him with a gift. Her body warmed up at the way he gave her body a once-over I've only got the one shovel. Cold fingers brushed along hers at the handoff. He took a quick gulp and winced at the hot liquid. Once I clear a path down my driveway, can I finally try out that snowblower you bought? She laughed. Sounds like someone wants to play in the snow. His arm wrapped around her waist and tugged her in close. He licked his lips, then bent down for a kiss. He pecked at her nose. Hey, I'm just following through on my promise to use the hell out of that thing whenever the need arises. Hmm. She hummed back and grinned up at him, his green eyes wide and sparkling. His freckles were more pronounced across the bridge of his nose against patches of pale, cool skin. Maybe I can take a couple passes with it? You shouldn't have all the fun. He frowned. I've been watching a bunch of videos online. There's a system. She sighed. Fine. He swallowed some more coffee. You can help me with my driveway after I finish digging out baby a little more. He grinned. I've got plenty of salt. Chapter 4. Notes. Fun and teasing in the snow. Again, not a lot, but I've been wanting to post pretty soon after I get a scene or two out of my head. Enjoy. Far be it from Julie to try and manage Dean. Yeah, he probably should be wearing a coat right now. And his shoveling technique could use some work. But the man looked so edible. His ass in those sweatpants did not deserve to be covered up. She tried to rein in the sarcasm when she asked. They do have snow in Kansas, right? The massive salt-shaking jug rested on her crossed forearms. The puffy coat contained all of her body heat, body heat being ramped up by this man. This man, who she suspected, was trying to melt all the snow away by his mere vicinity to it. He rose up from his bent position after chucking the last bit of snow into the persistent breeze and creating a plume of fairy dust that hit him smack in the face. He sputtered. Please. Jules, say what's on your mind before you bite your tongue off trying to hold it. He pursed his lips and waited, using the shovel as a crutch. She kind of liked pissing him off. Pissed off Dean was even sexier than regular Dean. Sure? She dropped the jug onto a high snowdrift by his front door. He waved a hand in front of the driveway. May I? She pointed at the shovel. One brow arched up, but he gave in and handed it over. I used to make a ton of money around Little Italy after a snowfall growing up. My chubby little ass ran circles around Polly Bono. The grumpy frown crumbled away as Dean let out a chuckle. First, she cleared her throat. And this is not your fault, as we were very much pleasantly occupied when the snow was coming down last night. Dean nodded and broke in. It was all your fault, being so goddamn sexy. Julie waved a hand and continued. But it's always best to keep up with the snowfall and work in stages. I explained this quite convincingly to Mrs. Romano and Mr. Di Natale on my block back in the day. A couple passes during a really bad snowstorm is always a much better plan. You end up with a cleaner sidewalk, dry and ice-free in no time. Dean's face held a little bit of pride. You got paid for every pass, didn't you? I did. I gave them a discount for each pass, of course, but still came out ahead. Plus, I staked claim on my territory. When a kid came by all late and wrong after the storm and wanted an easy gig, they were told by my clients that Julie already was taking care of them. I'll keep all this in mind when I start my snow-shoveling business, sweetheart. Dean grinned. Julie huffed. Okay, fine. Anyway, unless you want to throw your back out and be out of commission for any sexy times. She dipped down into a deep squat. Proper form is key. His eyes widened and he nodded, straight and serious this time. He crossed his arms, pushing those biceps up, and filling the sweatshirt sleeves to capacity. She knew he was playing it up, but she continued, trying to remain unfazed with how cute he looked. The handle settled in her left hand as she placed her right farther down the shaft. Don't toss the stuff. It's heavy, especially now that it's gotten all wet and compacted. She glided along the width of the driveway. Push it. A rotation at the other end had her heading back toward him, using the shovel like a push broom. Go in at a slight angle, tip the shovel up on one end, and scooch it to where you want it to go. Scooch. Is that a scientific term? A puff of air emitted out of that sinful mouth. Julie grinned. Humor me. She passed the shovel back. He sighed in a dramatic fashion and copied her all-work stance. He marched away to the other side, Piledriving like a football player trying to gain yardage. Julie sucked her lips in and tilted her head to take in all the gloriousness of that back and ass. He snapped around when he got to the other end and grinned. How's my form? Perfect, Julie mumbled. All right, let's hurry this up then. We'll get my baby shoveled out. Then, snowblower awaits. Julie wanted to show him off. Blast the video she took of him shoveling snow all over Instagram. All the social media outlets she could sign up for. She imagined all the old elementary and high school classmates of the male attractive variety scrolling through their Facebook timelines and seeing this hunk of a man. Oh, the surprise. The envy it would stir from most, especially the ones that had not thought much, of Julie Jellybelly. Why not proudly show off the amazing man that was all hers. It was so tempting. But she remembered his reminder, the one he'd given her the day after Steve in San Francisco, and every day after that. How it was wise for her and everyone they cared about safety not to post anything that might bring unwanted and dangerous attention. Rowena had a tight leash on the goings-on in hell, but they saw firsthand what a rogue demon could do. And there were always the other monsters. Dean Winchester was a household name to them. She imagined his face on a wanted poster tacked to a random tree in some forest. His name scraped with a sharp claw onto a bathroom stall of a dive bar frequented by werewolves and vampires. The cold air wasn't the only thing making her shiver as she shoveled and dug out some things under the covered patio in her yard. Dean had boosted her over the fence a half hour prior before hopping over himself. They trudged through snow to her shed. Prying the door open and sweeping back another drift, he'd managed to get the snow blower out and onto the protected, dry asphalt under her carport. She watched the telltale signs of his brain piecing together a puzzle. Furrowed brow and clenched jaw accompanied the narrowed lids inspecting the equipment. Gloved fingers ran over switches and dials and levers. She asked if he needed the manual, already knowing the huff and scowl she'd receive in response. A kiss on his lips preceded her declaration that she'd be way over there on the other side of the yard while he figured all that out. He only needed to call her if he needed someone to grab the manual. But he never called for her, only caught her eye occasionally and tossed her a shrug or grin or thumbs up. The snowblower's engine roared to life after a few attempts ten minutes later. A high curve of snow shot over into the grass. Dean fought with the blower, wrangling it by the handles, pushing it where he needed, and aligning the best destination for the white stuff. He began to make some headway in the driveway clearing. Julie loved seeing the smile of accomplishment on his face. Samuel had come out to assist Wes with cleanup. Well, More like time management. That sounds like a nice way to spend your birthday. Samuel commented on Julie's recount of Longwood Gardens. I imagine that man over there makes it even better. He waggled his unruly graying eyebrows. Julie giggled, thankful her cheeks were already pink from the cold. The embarrassment wouldn't be too obvious due to Samuel's innuendo. No complaints here, she mumbled. Well, do me a favor. Samuel turned serious. Wes will insist he doesn't need help, but if Dean doesn't mind a quick pass on our driveway, I'd appreciate it. I'll pull Wes into the house if need be, to make sure it gets done and there are no distractions. Of course, he offered. My man doesn't go back on his word. Chapter 5. Notes. This is a never-ending snow day, apparently. But I found a way to actually connect the original part of the story to my indulgence. Thank you again, Jensen. I'm thinking another part, maybe, after this one. Hope you enjoy. The sliding door swooshed shut. Jules? Dean's voice rumbled over Julie's head. I see you're prepped and ready for me. You could say that. She mumbled to herself in the basement, assessing her work. Where you at, sweetheart? Dean stomped his feet on the living room floor. Basement. Coming. Julie skipped up the stairwell and hurried to meet his impatient tone. Four hours of snow blowing later, Dean looked exhausted and frozen but happy. She shook her head. How are you not a popsicle by now? He shrugged, shivered, and pointed to the neatly laid out old towels under his boots by the doorway. There were even a few draped over the sofa seat Dean had claimed as his months back. Am I a wet dog that's been playing in the mud outside? She shrugged back. I don't want to ruin the furniture. At least I don't have everything wrapped in clear plastic. His face contorted in disgust for a quick second, then relaxed again. Well, Ernie wanted to pay me for the snow removal, but I refused. Little Mrs. Wheatley is bringing me over a casserole next weekend. I'm the spitting image of her late husband, Ronnie, apparently. So, you may have to fight her for me. He took a deep inhale and halted, what are you cooking in that kitchen? His eyebrows lifted and disappeared under the beanie. Some of that ham, bean, and potato soupy leg? Pulled it out of the freezer last night, thinking we were coming back here. And let Mrs. Wheatley try. She placed hands on her hips. I heard that snowblower all over the neighborhood, Dean. Any other women I need to worry about? No idea. I lost count after the fourth driveway. He collapsed onto the floor and unlaced his snow boots. He sniffed harder, nose tipped up high. You made something else, too. He was a tangled pretzel of muscle, freeing his feet from their confines. Cheddar biscuits. She grinned. You deserve it. He licked his lips. And pie for dessert? and pie for dessert, she nodded. Oh, I checked in with Cass and Jack. They've dug out and are doing fine. Ma also said her next-door neighbor shoveled the sidewalk, though I'm guessing she did it herself. In any case, no one needs rescuing. Dean smiled. I've got to get some more gas for the tank, Jules. I didn't mean to get carried away. He tugged off the gloves and then the beanie, He was a sweaty, red heap of deliciousness. Julie sat on the edge of one of the non-protected sofa cushions. Guessing you want to eat first and then clean up. An enthusiastic nod. Okay, I'll bring it in here. Give me a few minutes. Dean raised up on his knees and waddled over to kiss her cheek. You're the sweetest. He nuzzled her neck. I just don't want you messing up the furniture in the kitchen. His lips pressed into a wide smile. Hmm. I seem to remember one night where you ended up on top of the kitchen table. Weren't worried about messing it up then. Julie grinned. You got me. I'm a hypocrite that allows sex on random pieces of furniture. She leaned back to catch the green glint in his eye. But that's all your fault. His salty lips traced over Julie's pout. He whispered, low and tempting. Such a bad influence. I know. Julie had cleaned up from the late lunch, early dinner by the time Dean came down the steps, squeaky clean himself from the shower. He had on his gray and blue plaid pajama bottoms. Julie had begrudgingly picked him up a gray t-shirt one day shopping in case he ever needed it which he sported for the first time. His damp hair spiked out in random directions. He pulled at the hem of the t-shirt, frowning. I think you got me the wrong size. The fabric hugged every ripple and dip like a second skin. A bit of pride at Dean's doughy tummy bubbled up in Julie. That was mainly her and her mother's doing. Julie shook her head. No, I didn't. Fits you perfect. He tilted his head. Jules. It does. A yawn followed his eye roll. No, no time for napping. Huh? What now? He pulled at the waistband of her yoga pants, drawing her close. I was going to convince you to come to bed and get some shut-eye with me. Before I have some pie. He smirked. She couldn't help the tease back. You already had pie for dessert. He licked his lips. Those hands pawed her ass. Might want some more later. He purred, then placed a light peck on her mouth. I deserve it, remember? Can I show you something first? He nodded and yawned again. She swatted his chest. Don't do that, or I'll start. She pulled away and grabbed his hand, leading him to the basement door. That's the idea. He uttered through another yawn. What do you have to show me in the basement? Will you just come on? She whined at his playful resistance. Demanding. Me like. They picked up momentum down the wooden planks, Dean rushing behind to keep up. Julie halted at the exact spot that would have his eyes take in the scene. Huh? When'd you do this? A surprised gaze accompanied the question. Julie hopped with socked feet onto the gym mats. While you were out being the best neighbor, I'd had this stuff from the old house boxed up, when I had the space to work out. She shifted her weight from side to side like a boxer. You mentioned a sparring area to teach me. Figured I'd get a jump on it for you. She giggled. So you can jump me. He groaned. That shouldn't sound sexy. She waved a hand and stilled. Anyway, it's here. Whenever you want to start. He smiled and clapped hands together. Want to try a couple things then? Julie frowned. I thought you were sleepy. Got a burst of energy. Probably only last a few minutes. Come on. Okay. He chuckled. I'll be gentle, sweetheart. Promise. He stepped onto the mat in his bare feet and faced her head on. Stared her down like a hungry animal. Have you ever taken a self-defense class? No, just carried pepper spray in my purse. Well, maybe we go over things that can help you get out of a sticky spot. Some of these might work on predators of both the human and supernatural variety. He raised his hands up, Trust me? Of course, Dean. If something triggers and you need me to stop, his voice trailed off. I won't need to ask you. You'll know if you need to stop. Julie finished with certainty. He nodded and gave her a soft smile. So, I'm going to show you one way someone or something might attack you. She watched as his massive hands stretched forward then curled around her neck. Show me how you might get out of this hold. His fingers dug into the soft flesh around back, thumbs pressing in and locked her in place. He raised his eyebrows and tipped his chin up in a sharp nod. Come on, Miss Manners. This piece of shit isn't playing nice. Neither should you. Julie had been triggered by Dean's action. She smelled sulfur saw the eyes of the demon's female vessel in that hotel room, not even two months ago in San Francisco. The demon had gripped her in a similar fashion, but there had been long, manicured fingernails poking into her skin back then. The recollection had stunned her for a few seconds, but she resolved to push through it. Time's precious here, sweetheart. Dean prodded her to focus. She saw the worry in his eyes, If she didn't do something soon, he'd relent. Julie crab-clawed both of his wrists at the same time. Her immediate thought was to try and pull his hands off her. She grunted, exerting all her strength on the action. But it was all for naught. Dean didn't budge. He tilted his head. Okay, reacting is good, but you'd be passed out by now if I was giving it my all. His hands dropped to his sides, and brought her hands with him, still wrapped around his wrists. In any instance, I don't want you to think about how to overpower, because the fact is, you're probably going to be outweighed or outmuscled. You have to think about how to escape. I could give you a good swift kick in the gonads. Julie huffed and released his wrists. Dean scoffed. You could. You'd be doing both of us a disservice. He grinned, but if you give that a try in a situation like this, make it count and don't miss. Pissing a crazy psycho or monster off more than it already is will guarantee death if you don't get away. So, let's try again. You attack me the same way this time. He tugged up his pajamas around his thighs and bent down at the knees. I'll make it a little easier for you flecks of freckles over the bridge of his nose, were right at Julie's eye level. Be as rough as you want. I can take it. He pursed his lips in a mocking expression. Your nose crinkles are cute and break my heart, baby, but they aren't going to cause any actual damage. She sighed and straightened her stance. The tippy-toe teetering almost had her taller than him. Her fingers clamped around the solid girth of his neck. got a good hold? Dean smiled. I bet you can do better than that. Julie felt her mouth twist into a tight corkscrew. Even though it was an impossibility, she tried to get her opposing fingers to meet in the middle, around Dean's flesh. A slight gasp left his pretty lips. Much better. His eyes lit up. Ready? Julie gasped as well. For what? He winked. Dean stiffened his neck. The cords sprung out tight and rigid. Her hold loosened, and he dipped his head forward and down, swung out to the left, free. She blinked in awe. How'd you? He chuckled. Now you. And we're going to practice until you get it perfect. Chapter 6. Notes. So, I found a way to bring it back around again, dear readers. I hope you enjoy it. This is the final chapter. I'm leaving a lot up to readers' imaginations. I know you have it in you. There had been a lot of choking and strangling in the basement. Dean was adamant about practicing until perfect. He forced Julie out of her comfort zone. She took the lesson seriously and gave her all to the escape techniques. Dean had seemed satisfied with the results of the training, almost an hour later. There'd be more to do and try. But he told Julie she should be proud of how well she did. And even if she was too stubborn to believe it, he was proud of her. It had been the most eventful of snow days Julie could ever remember. They'd gone up for a nap to her bedroom after the sparring. Not much else to do being snowed in and that suited Julie just fine. Most nights, Dean was a calming tea or lavender balm that drifted her off to sleep in no time flat. But it was late afternoon, and sunlight spilled in through the sheer curtains. Both of them laid on the maid bed and grabbed a throw blanket to cuddle under. She curled into his chest. His arm scooped her in closer, the underside of his chin resting atop the crown of her head. Dean released a loud, strung-out yawn. Oh, man. You should call out of work tomorrow. Stay in bed with me all day. No can do. I'm already pushing it with more time off for another trip to California so soon. He slid a bent knee between her thighs. Tell him you're sick. Dean. I know. You have to be all responsible. He huffed, then followed with another yawn. we'll have so much time together when we're away Julie's soft mumbles danced over his t-shirt his voice trailed off already drifting never enough a deep snore punctuated the statement Julie's heart skipped at his words it was true for her too she could never get enough time with him he really did feel like home she listened to his breathing, slow and steady, let the cadence and timber lull her to sleep. She woke to the rhythmic swiping of his fingers along her forearm. The only light in the darkened room came from the television screen. Die Hard 2 was on mute. Her eyes focused on John McLean crawling through a ventilation system. Her lips tugged up in a smile, listening to Dean speak Willis's lines in as soft a whisper as the man's deep voice could muster. Just once, I'd like a regular, normal Christmas. Eggnog. Fucking Christmas tree. A little turkey. But no, I gotta crawl around in this motherfucking tin can. She lifted her head and stared into his eyes. Why didn't you wake me up? You know this is one of my favorites. He shrugged, looking happy and content. You know you're getting that this year, right? His lids narrowed. A regular, normal Christmas? A smile filled with revelation. I am, aren't I? She tapped his chest. Can I confess something? All ears, sweetheart. You are impossible to shop for. The only thing I've gotten you so far is a really expensive bottle of bourbon and some flannel shirts. Thanks for ruining the surprise, he chuckled. And I sound pretty easy to shop for. Her cheek nuzzled into his chest. But I want to get you something special, something thoughtful and amazing, like the gifts you gave me yesterday for my birthday. His fingers clutched her wrist. I've set myself up for the impossible, too, then. I doubt I can top those gifts for Christmas. But if you keep working on those self-defense moves on the regular, that will be an awesome gift. The screen lit up with an explosion. You are even more of a badass than any hero in any movie. Nah. Those novels are based on real events, baby. You are more badass than John McClane. Not as black and white as an action movie, though. Sometimes the good guys are the bad guys. He sighed. Another reason why I want you to be able to protect yourself. In case you ever have to protect yourself from me. That made Julie shoot her head up again. That would never happen. I've told you a lot, but there's so much more. She rubbed his chest. Tell me. Triggers. Memories. They're always just right there. His hand almost cupped the back of his head. Those beautiful eyes, now glassy, couldn't look at Julie. He stared off to the side. Waiting to come out. And when they do... Sometimes, whatever's really right in front of me, that's gone. Replaced by things. Awful things. Things I had to fight, kill. More terrible things inside me that were a part of me. That I became. Julie held onto his chest, trying to will him to connect with her again. Bring his eyes back to hers again. Therapy helps, baby. You're still talking to her, right? I am. But I need to know that if my switch ever gets flipped around you, and I go off, that you won't hesitate to protect yourself from me. She nodded. The motion drew him back. His gaze stared her down now. I'm serious, Jules. She nodded again. I know. He gave her a soft nod. Good. But you can't be worried to show me all of you, Dean. I'm here for all of it. She watched him work out what he was trying to get out of his mouth. His face zipped through a bevy of emotions in seconds. Problem is, half the time, I don't know who I am. Without the hunting... Without the monsters. Without the mission. Sammy, he was always able to live one foot in and one foot out. Or slip out of the life completely and not look back. It's always there for me. Not just waiting for me. But me. Needing it. It was your whole life, Dean. Not everyone could walk away from that and not have it stick with them. His fingers clasped her jaw. The rough pad of his thumb stroked Julie's cheek. So, if I went looking for it, on occasion, to fill that need? Her eyes widened. Are you asking me for permission to hunt? You say no and I understand. I won't do it. Not if you'd worry or think I wouldn't do everything I have to to keep you and everyone around us safe and out of harm's way. Of course I'll worry, but I worry about everything. She slid up and along his side, perched her head next to his. If having a life with you means living the life, then I'm here for it. I told you. I'm here for all of it. I'm not going anywhere, Dean. She sealed the deal with a soft kiss against his lips. He hummed. That sounds like the most awesome gift I could ask for. Well, I still have a little over a week to try and beat that. She grinned. He knocked the wind out of Julie with a swift twirl. He tumbled atop, her on her back, legs tangled in the throw blanket. The span of his shoulders gave her that familiar sense of safety and protection, even as she gasped to catch her breath. Is this more self-defense training? Maybe. A dip of his head and he sucked at the tender flesh of her neck. She stretched, leaned back into the comforter, giving him ample access to continue. It's no good. Utterly defenseless. Julie whimpered. Dean's lips pecked up to her chin. Do you have any idea how turned on I was in the basement? His laugh tickled her skin. Pretty sure you felt how turned on I was a few times during our wrestling matches. Well, I tried not to notice. If I said something sassy, you would have gotten mad and said I wasn't taking it seriously. His now growing excitement poked into her hip bone. His words broke out between kisses over her jaw. He held her steady, fingers threaded into the hair along her temples. You've got some power and strength, Jules. shouldn't be shy about using it. Power against you? She swirled her lips over his, tired of the teasing. Hmm. He smiled and flicked the tip of his tongue along the swell of her bottom lip. I melt like butter. She laughed. That kind of power, I can't use that on everybody. I wasn't talking about using it on everybody. One hand eased down the fabric of her t-shirt settled on her hip and squeezed. Only on me. Ever. He breathed the words into her open mouth. Now who's exerting his power? She quipped. All in good fun. He pulled her in closer. A torturous, arousing grind against the growing heat between her legs released moans from both their lips. A thought had her tap his biceps. Off. His brows merged like a mountain peak in the middle of his forehead. Off? She nodded. He huffed and rolled to his side. She tossed off the throw from their bodies and marveled at the bulge in his pajamas for a second, then headed to the plastic bag she'd brought back from his house that morning. It held the birthday gift he'd given her, and a couple other decorations she'd pilfered that they hadn't used. She grabbed it by the handles. Something jangled. Power, huh? She pulled out a long faux leather decoration with sleigh bells. The jingling continued as she strolled back to the bed. His eyebrows shut up. Okay, that's just going to hurt if you try to smack my ass with that. She shook her head. We were talking about triggers earlier. If this is too much... I don't even know what that pretty little head of yours is thinking, but there's no way you're going to trigger anything bad right now. And if you do, I'll say my safe word. He nodded. Kale. She giggled and swung the belt like decoration back and forth. The merriment and laughter echoed in the room. Take off your shirt? She asked. He smiled in that soft way that he only let her see. Are you asking or telling? Take off your shirt. He nodded with a huge grin now. The shirt stripped off along with a rise to sit on the edge of the bed. She snuck between his open legs, took in the curves and ridges of his chest in the shadows. The light from the television screen behind her lit up half his face. Hands together, she commanded. He swallowed, clasped his hands together as an offering. Let's see if this will work like I thought it might when I first saw it last night. A blank expression wiped away his amusement as she wrapped the sleigh bells, leather-side around his wide wrists, doubling it over, ringing nonstop. You saw this innocent, minding its own business decoration, and the first thing you thought about was tying me up with it? She nodded with complete seriousness. He shook his head. I love you. She grinned and fastened the hook on one end to the ring on the other end, He tried to push and wiggle his wrists out, but there was little give. See? It's like some dominatrix little elf had a bunch of naughty thoughts when she was putting this thing together. She pushed him back onto the bed, knuckles from both hands against his chest. He bounced a bit, and the bells jostled in his lap. He chuckled. Okay, so you've reined me in. Now, what are your plans? Her eyes grazed over the entirety of his body. She licked her lips, hungry for him. Hands over your head. The bells rang. His arms swung back, lengthened. His bound hands settled in the ravine between the pillows. Shoulders rounded close to his ears. He tipped his head up, eyes wide, as she pulled down his pajama bottoms, leaving him naked and waiting on the bed. She grabbed the hem of her shirt and removed it, along with her bra. Let's see how quiet you can keep those bells. Are you challenging me? She nodded. Damn, you're pretty. He licked his lips. If you rise to the challenge, she began. Oh, I'm, I'm rising as we speak. He used his chin to point to his erection. She laughed. Meet the challenge, you get your prize. Julie sunk to her knees between his legs and placed her hands on the tense muscles of his thighs. Only if the prize is you, sweetheart. He dropped his head back into the comforter. She hummed and cupped the base of him. He jolted and jingled. She pulled her hand away. Shit. He mumbled. Try again, hot stuff. She cajoled. He sighed. She watched him lock his arms tight and stiff. He looked long and strong from her vantage. The back of his head tilted back farther into the mattress. The slope of his neck and the bob of his Adam's apple made her mouth water. He spoke, low and deep. Okay. Touch me. Julie waited. Touch me, baby. He let out a soft whine. Are you forgetting something? She held back a giggle even as her panties continued to dampen. The curve of his smile cocked up the side of his mouth. Touch me. Please. That's better. Her fingers wrapped around him again. His sigh sounded like one of relief. Might I point something out? Please? His eyes were closed, chin angled up toward the ceiling. You may. She licked her lips at the arousal leaking from his tip. Certain jingles are kind of out of my control when you manhandle me. So I should stop? No, no. He breathed out slow and steady and chanced a little head bob. Just, if you are going to manhandle me, which I hope to Christ you do, you know, your actions have an equal and opposite reaction. Newton's third law of motion. I'll keep that in mind and try not to punish you for that. Too much. He lifted his head up and locked eyes with her. You sexy little nerd. Punish the fuck out of me. Please. He groaned. And that was how Julie spent the night. Jingling Dean's bells.